I forgot how. Do we have an intro for our cuties? <laughs> I forget. Do we just say hi? Oh what my is god! It? Usually we say. Wait, no, that's at the end of the. Sh- the we have not recorded <laughs> for a really long time. We could introduce ourselves. I think Ellie. Ellie should introduce herself and everything. That would be good. Hi, I'm Ellie or L. Either works. Um, I use she/her pronouns. Uh, I play video games on the internet for a sort of living and I raise money for charity and also like head up a charity focused stream team, Cosmic Hearts. And I'm just a general sort of internet nuisance, I think. (laughs) Nice. That is perfect. Hi, I'm Justin. This is Arcade Cuties. Hi, I'm Nyreen and this is Arcade Cuties. There we go. That works. Uh, Hello, welcome to our first episode with the guests. Yeah! Super exciting. Today we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda as a series, as a concept. Are we just talking about Zelda herself? Like, what's up? (laughs) I mean, I am more than qualified to just, like, my D&D group has experienced this firsthand. You get me started on Zelda and I can talk for 45 minutes with no interruptions. So... Zelda as a concept or Zelda the person, either works. (laughs) Okay, okay. So we're going to talk about The Legend of Zelda today. Uh, This is a topic that you suggested, right, Ellie? Uh, Nyreen actually contacted me and was like, hey, do you want to just talk about Zelda on the podcast for a while? And I was like, yeah, I can do that. I suggested it because I know Ellie is like a huge fan of the series. And I also know Justin is a really big fan of it. And I recently got into it. Like, I'm a baby Zelda fan, so I thought it would be an interesting mashup. Just yeah. talk about it and like uh, maybe different points that we got into the series. Like, what what was the first Zelda game you played, Ellie? Uh, I actually got into Zelda really late. I didn't play it really as a kid, so mm-hmm. um, I am older than I look, and I played uh, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks on the DS um, <sighs> when I was like. I must have been like 11 or 12 or something, maybe even like early teens that I first played them. Um, And I just didn't know, at this point, I didn't even know that Zelda was a franchise. So I remember Mm -hmm. playing Phantom Hourglass and like loving it, absolutely falling head over heels for it uh, with all the little tippy tappy controls and everything, like the stylus controls for it. and then they did the sequel, they did uh, Spirit Tracks, and I was like, oh my god, there's another one. Um, so I instantly bought that. And then I remember some of the first fan art I ever drew was Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks fan art. Um, and I did it in art class at school. And one of my friends was like, oh, you like Zelda? And I was like, yeah, I do. Like, these games are great. And they were like, oh, which one's your favorite? Like, which ones have you played? And they introduced me to the fact that it was a series that had been going since <laughs> the late 80s. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I just learned of this whole thing. And at that point there was, oh God, maybe maybe 11 or 12 Zelda games out or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I essentially, she let me borrow all of her copies of like uh, Wind Waker and Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time and Twilight Princess and stuff. And I got to play like all the 3D ones right before Skyward Sword came out. So Skyward Sword was like my first brand new mainline Zelda. So that was kind of how I I became obsessed. I was absolutely Mm. obsessed. By the age of like 16, I was 
living and breathing Zelda, I had all my walls were covered in Zelda posters. Oh my god, that's amazing. (laughs) I get them all from (laughs) magazines and I'd be like, okay, this one can go here. And it's like half my wall, you know? Um, So yeah, it was very much like a, I got into it not as a child, which was really interesting. Mm. And now I'm still just as obsessed, like 10, 15 years later. So (laughs) yeah. Have you always been into games or was that also something that like kind of came later? Oh yeah. My dad had a PlayStation when I was like three years old and his, uh, his friend gave him a demo disc that had Spyro the Dragon on and was like, you have kids, they'll like this. And I started (laughs) playing games and it's been a thing for as long as I can remember. So that's why it was so weird that I didn't know about Zelda at the time, you know? Was, was it like the Pizza Hut demo disc that had like five other games on it too no it was demo one and then there was a a very specific spyro demo disc that came with the playstation magazine like in the late oh, 90s okay. oh. so it was just spyro on the demo disc um and then there was the demo one spyro as well so yeah it was like i my parents realized that i liked it and were like oh we should get her more of these <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history <laughs> That's amazing. My parents are kind of the same way. Uh, My dad had a Super Nintendo and uh, I remember playing that when I was really young. And like I was into it a bit, but I got more into games when Halo came out, which was like, I I don't even remember. When did Halo come out? Like 2001? Something like that, yeah. Something like that, yeah. And then that's where, like, I feel like I gained consciousness (laughs) with playing (laughs) video games. (laughs) It's like a formative memory. And I remember playing that with my older brother. And then that's when I, yeah, just kept playing games. I I somehow missed Zelda 2, despite my older brother being super into it. Like, he's obsessed with Zelda. Like, he's still obsessed with it. He's played all of them. He's owned all of them. He was always glued to his Game Boy. And I just, I don't know why. I just never, never played them up until recently. Yeah. um, Last year or earlier this year. I don't remember. Was it last year? I don't even remember my memory (laughs) shit. Also, what is time right now? Yeah. (laughs) I don't even. It's concept of time completely gone. I I have no idea. Years? Months? Days? I don't know what those are. (laughs) Um, But the first one that I played was Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the remake that came out on Switch. Mm -hmm. I remember you playing this. This was like right after I met you yeah (laughs) so like that was my introduction to the legend of zelda series and i had a lot of fun playing that it's the stylization of it is so fucking cute and the music is so whimsical and the puzzles are really fun and i i just yeah i thought it was a lot of fun and then i decided to jump from that into breath of the wild which i haven't gotten super far into but that's also a really beautiful game i really like it and that's, that's kind of like the only experience I have with Zelda, but it's positive. So that's incredible that it just like completely passed you by despite like family members being so into it. <laughs> yeah, like my brother like lived, breathed and ate that shit. Like <laughs> it was everything for him. So I don't know why I missed it. You were too busy with like JRPGs and stuff. Oh, probably or Harvest Moon. I really, <laughs> right. really, really, really like Harvest Moon. <laughs> It's probably another episode, but I do have a funny story about that. You want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, okay. 
I really liked Harvest Moon, and so did my younger brother. And he would watch me play it because he, he, he didn't know how to play it. I got every single Harvest Moon, and I would just hyperfixate on them, and I would just play through all of them. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I just really, really liked Harvest Moon. Um, my mom had to ban us from it because every time a chicken died, we'd cry and we'd have a funeral <laughs> oh, in the living no. room. Oh my god. <laughs> so I would like make a cardboard cutout headstone and like we'd be crying and like the chicken's name was like Jerry or some shit and we'd just be like, Jerry died and my mom was like, I can't handle this shit. Oh no. Not playing that game <laughs> so, oh my god, that's incredible. Stop playing the game for a bit. <laughs> you know what though that's like definitely not an issue you have to worry about in any of the zelda games the chicken's dying (laughs) oh yeah i feel like everybody learns that the hard way like (laughs) do you do you remember your first chicken encounter in zelda like a like a bad chicken encounter (laughs) i think i think mine was because my first legend legend of zelda game was um link's awakening dx so it was like the game boy color uh, like director's cut mm-hmm. for Link's Awakening. I didn't have a Game Boy Color, but I had a Game Boy Advance, so like I would be able to like play it on that and make the screen big and all that stuff. And that game, Link's Awakening, is super even even to this day. I feel like is kind of complicated because it's much more like puzzle based, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think I was playing it probably like around the age like between eight and ten. And I just like remember being completely lost and getting frustrated. And so I was like, I'm just going to swing my sword at everything that moves. And like, maybe there's a tunnel or like something. And then there was a little uh, chicken that like got caught between a building. And I was like swinging at a, at a sign. And then like a bunch of chickens just flew across the screen and started attacking me. I think for the most part, I usually see it like somebody gets bullied into it on Twitch or yes. like on the playground like you, you have a friend that just is like oh go ahead and hit the chicken like nothing will happen like it won't die it's fine that is literally exactly what happened to me in phantom hourglass <laughs> my friend was like did you try hitting the chickens yet and i was like no <laughs> and she was like she was like oh go do it go do it like next time you play try it and i did it and it was traumatizing um, <laughs> but like I love that it's not always the same in every game. Like in Twilight Princess, mm. if you hit the chickens, this is this might be a little bit of a spoiler. I don't know. Uh, it depends on how into the the depths of Zelda knowledge and lore <laughs> you are. I guess um, if you hit the chickens in Twilight Princess, you possess the chicken. You become the chicken for like a minute or something. What? So you can like <laughs> you can like fly around as it and you can like collect like rupees and stuff and you can like there's a whole thing where you can like talk to another chicken like in in a village and stuff like as the wolf and if you hit the chicken it gets angry and then you become the chicken and it's just (laughs) (laughs) i love that it's not always bad and um that is the wild is hysterical as well because you can like throw them into like Moblin and Bokoblin like camps and they will like beat the chicken up and then all the chickens will attack the enemies. I, I did not do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be like perfectly engineered, but it can happen uh-huh. and it's incredible. I want you to know that as soon as I boot up Breath of the Wild, that is going to be one of the <laughs> first things, if not the first thing I do. It's amazing. I'm going to try and do that tonight. <laughs> 
that game has like all the means to do anything you could ever want in the most ingenious ways possible and i love it oh amazing it's wild people are still like tearing apart like different ways to mess with the combat and Mm -hmm. stuff like i like (laughs) when they like set up a log or a giant rock and then they talk to the people that are like the ninjas in disguise and then like as soon as they turn into ninja like it just knocks them into the sky it's fantastic oh yeah i saw a tiktok of that Mm -hmm. i saw someone set up like one of those um oh my god it was like yeah it was like a boulder and like they hit it a few times and it gets paused Mm -hmm. in time or or whatever and then they yeah i saw that and then they just go flying (laughs) yeah they like stasis the rock and you just use you just use physics and then they're gone they're not a problem anymore (laughs) (laughs) or or people who can just like outright bully the the lionels or or whatever when they're like one of the most intimidating enemies in the game it's just like so so much respect i think the most hysterical thing that i've seen with breath of the wild that i now replicate at every opportunity is like picking up you know like the metal casings like the big Mm -hmm. the big like metal like cube things you pick them up and you just slam them around like like up and down (laughs) squashing things like a big hammer and it's (laughs) it's beautiful there's always the risk that you will kill yourself in the process Um, oh my god (laughs) it's amazing it's so much fun it's just pure chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it what is it about the Legend of Zelda games that you love specifically? Is it like the characters or the art? I think it's honestly the puzzles. Like Okay. I before I started playing the Zelda games, I was so my dad had the PlayStation and my best friend had an N64. Um, mm-hmm. so I got the full kind of scope of like Croc, Legend of the Gobos and Spyro and I played like Abe's Odyssey and Tomb Raider and stuff. And then I got to play like Banjo-Kazooie and Super Mario 64 and Pokemon Stadium and all that kind of stuff. And I always enjoyed the platformers more, but I really liked doing like the challenge type things where you had to work out what it was that you were supposed to do to progress through a level or like do a really tricky mm. bit of platforming uh, to get an item that was required for something else or, you know, like just something that would like scratch those little brain wrinkles and be like, hey, you, you solved a puzzle kind of thing. So when it came around to Zelda, um, the thing that made me fall in love with Phantom Hourglass above other kind of puzzly games that I played, because I played Professor Layton and stuff at that point too, was the fact that it was the. Ha, have you played Phantom Hourglass? Uh, I, I'm like, I just started playing it. I okay. found it at like a, a game store the other day and I was like, this is mine oh now. So <laughs> there is a temple that you revisit repeatedly throughout the game. Um, the first time you go, there's like a big door that you can't open in there. Uh, and it's where you get the, the Phantom Hourglass. Um, and every time you do another temple elsewhere, you have to go back to the this temple of the Ocean King and retrieve mm-hmm. another square of your map, basically, or another item that will guide you through, or the Triforce, you know? Like, you'll, you'll do all these different things to gain the key items needed to progress, but you mm-hmm. have to go to the other temples to get the, the, like, tools. So, like, the grappling hook or the bow and arrow or the boomerang, you know? You have to go elsewhere to get these to be able to open these big doors on every floor and every time you go you go several floors further down in this temple um but the next time you return you have more tools so there are different ways to progress through each floor 
So mm. the kind of basic sort of premise of this of this temple is that you're on a time limit. When you leave the safe zones, you the time limit starts ticking down. If it reaches zero, you take damage from being outside of the safe zones. So you have to try and get through it as quick as you can to avoid taking damage and get to whatever bosses or whatever things you're trying to do further down in the temple. Um, so every time you go, you find these new ways to just like bypass entire floors. So there's like really cool stuff that you can do with like the grapple hook and you can like catapult yourself across a gap that you couldn't get through before. And what once took two and a half minutes off of your time now takes 15 seconds. So that I was like, ooh, how quick can I get through this <laughs> temple? Um, and it really hooked me to the point where I was then like, what other items can I get? Where can I find extra sands for the hourglass to give me more time to explore in these dungeons? Like, mm. how can I gain more materials and more tools to progress faster through it? Um, and that was what really got me. And then when, obviously, when Spirit Tracks came out, I was like, oh my God, there's another one. <laughs> so beyond that, um, I then just fell in love with how whimsical they are. Like Wind Waker in particular absolutely just enraptured me. Um, mm. And the story of Twilight Princess is fantastic and the overworld is is great and all the dungeons in Twilight Princess are just uh, the best. Um, but I've never been able to find anything quite like that in other games. There are so many other games that are like Zelda likes um, and mm. I've never really found anything that does the same structure or the same types of puzzles. So yeah, that's one of the reasons why it's one of my favorite franchises. Do you prefer like the cartoonish Wind Waker style or do you like the more like gothic Twilight Princess type stuff? Um, I'm in two minds. I'm very much like, oh, I love Wind Waker, but then I'm also like, no, I love Twilight Princess. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it entirely depends. I love them all for different reasons uh, apart from Ocarina of Time, but... <laughs> Right. It's so wild that the like the art style itself is kind of controversial within the fandom because Nintendo decided to like test their the GameCube graphics with like a gritty version of mm -hmm. of Zelda and so everybody assumed that like this is the game that we're going to get. It's going to be so brutal and Link's going to chop off people's heads and then you got like little cartoony cel-shading Link and he's super cute and he picks up little piggies and it's all good. I I love the cell shaded art style and I Same. think it holds up so well. Like, oh, the as, HD as version of that by. game is incredible. It is absolutely mm. gorgeous and that will always look good now. Like, even when you see the original Wind Waker, it still looks beautiful because it's just, it's so cute and fun. <laughs> it's like simplistic in a good way. Yeah. That like really adds to the art style. Um, I think the handheld games themselves are like, super good about puzzles because uh, that's like mostly where my knowledge with Zelda lays like I haven't played I think Breath of the Wild might be the only like 3D Zelda that I have like super gotten into because we just didn't we didn't have those other titles like growing up because Nintendo games were kind of expensive mm -hmm. so you know I still haven't played Skyward Sword or Twilight Princess I've maybe played like 15 minutes of uh, Ocarina. I want to get that one and Majora's Mask on my DS because I've heard those remasters are also very good. The first Zelda that I probably got super into was Minish Cap for the Game Boy Advance. And in that one, like the, the key mechanic is that like you were shrinking between or you're changing size between like tiny 
minish version of Link, who is like a what are those? A, the little what is that movie with with the very small the borrowers? The borrowers, yes. <laughs> um, and they have this whole world, and like everything is big, and you know, like tiny enemies become like super intimidating. Uh, and then you have to like compare that with normal world that everybody is used to, and interacting like back and forth between them is super fun. My favorite game of all time for the Zelda franchise probably is Link Between Worlds, the the one for the 3DS where you like merge into the wall and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I feel like they did such a good job of like sticking with that one mechanic and using it to completely flip the script on on the Zelda formula. And the fact that you could like do do anything in like any order because of the renting system. Yes. Made it super fun. I feel like that one's like the pinnacle of the handheld Zeldas, honestly. They took everything that they learned on all of the previous ones and they were like, hey, I know that this is kind of treading the same ground, but it's going to be better than all of them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's so good. I don't know how they would, it wouldn't be super hard to remake it, honestly, because I think the bottom screen for the most part was relegated to your equipment and like the map, maybe. So if they wanted to, I feel like they could fully port it to the Switch and I would absolutely destroy that game every corner of it it would be so fun i just remember all the little octopus babies that you have to go find (laughs) (laughs) and then they sing a song to you (laughs) because they make like the little like high-pitched mousy squeaks from like uh yoshi's island Mm -hmm. it's so cute i actually recently got my hands on uh twilight princess for the gamecube or wii the one on the Wii gets way too much hate, in my opinion. Like, yeah, waggle controls suck, but at the same time, it's a fantastic game. Shut your mouth. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't care that Link is holding the sword in his right hand. It's got waggle controls and you can aim the bow in a beautiful way. Oh, that's <laughs> like, so fun. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I forgot that I had one at work and I was organizing things and then I found it and I went, oh, I'm going to bring this home, but I don't have a Wii. So right now I'm trying to find a Wii either on Facebook Marketplace or like Kijiji or something or whatever. Oh, Oh, they've got to be so cheap at this point. I mean, I've seen some for like $80. It really depends where you go Mm. because I know there's like a retro store in montreal and they had one Mm -hmm. for like 150 or 200 or whatever but i feel like i could get one for really cheap on facebook marketplace from like someone who just wants to get rid of it yeah because i used to work at a game store and i feel like we were so like inundated with like a a back (laughs) like so many wii's that like we sold them for maybe like 60 bucks or 70 worst to trade and it was like (laughs) it was like you would get the console and then you'd get like two controllers and the nunchucks because we were just like trying to get them out like we just we would not accept the we we fit like boards because they're just giant hunks of plastic and nobody buys them we used to make benches out of them oh my god (laughs) we had so many we'd make like benches out of them and then we had to stop taking them and I, would, I will never forget the look on people's faces when they'd bring in all of this Wii stuff and they'd have like all mm. of the little like the gun extensions and the tennis racket <laughs> and like, you know, all the weird plastic that, that Nintendo right, would the, pedal the to everything. Yeah. And you'd be like, okay, I can take the console, the mm. sensor bars and the controllers and that is it. And they'd be like, 
what do you mean? Like, what do I do with all this stuff? And I'm like, I don't know, it's your problem. You deal with it. That's not, that's, we're not taking it. And then just have to walk out with this, like, this, like, trash bag filled with, like, plastic. <laughs> oh, it's, it's so sad. Ugh. To, to, to this day, like, if you go to any Goodwill, you would just see, like, a pile of them. I don't even know if, like, Goodwill <laughs> takes them anymore. Like, the, the Wii Fit boards. Yeah, the only time that I ever saw, like, a Wii go for super expensive was when it was the the wii u legend of zelda specific version wind waker specific version because it came with the game pre-installed on it oh the wii u wasn't yeah the wii u was not super popular but like that's a good that's a pretty good little are you looking for it right now (laughs) it has like around the around the gamepad screen it had like the gold uh like the pattern around it and oh my god it was so gorgeous we once had one come in in the store that i the game store that i was working in and i would have bought it other than for the fact that when you trade in a console you have to wipe it so it didn't have the game anymore and i was like i'm not paying at this point i was still living in the uk i was like i'm not paying like 180 pounds for a console with no game wait, on it and like wait hmm. what why would they wipe it what for that specific game oh because you have to wipe everything just in case there's something on it like you yeah. don't know what is on a person's console so you have to wipe everything <laughs> like, if you get if you get a psp it is probably like 99% of the time is probably filled with just porn. Wait, like, what? Yeah, we, were, <laughs> That's we, we had that Please. happen once. We sold someone a, a PS Vita for their kid <gasps> and it had porn on it Please. because somebody didn't wipe it I'm properly. sorry. You have to be so careful. Hold on, I need to process this. I didn't know that this is a known <laughs> thing. A PS Vita? Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because like just so random to me. They're just like little media devices, aren't they? Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair. PSPs were like one of the first consoles that could connect to the internet, so it made it super easy to download videos. Of, Wait, like, I didn't even know. Yeah, they had like 132 can... gig memory cards and uh, stuff, and like uh, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it's, it's portable porn. Yeah, they'd just be little porn machines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's mostly to avoid either that or you know like accidentally having your grandma's credit card right that's what i thought i thought maybe it's for credit (laughs) card uh information it's mostly that there's also if you try and wipe a console that has been bricked like you cannot wipe it like if it's been hacked you you can't do a standard normal factory reset on it so obviously Mm. you can't you can't sell on a bricked console so doing all like the resets and everything was like a really good way to be like hey look i know you've been hacking your console i cannot take this no thank you please go Uh... (laughs) so yeah any anyways legend of zelda (laughs) (laughs) i'm still stuck on the pornography on 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 wii's that's that's hilarious (laughs) to me Yeah, I think there was like a video downloading service on the on the I Wii. feel like I yeah. just maybe completely missed that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding though. I must have played Twilight Princess like 25, 30 times. It was one of those games that I would just replay again and again and again. And I have like a like a bordering on photographic memory for that game. Like there's a handful. Spyro, yes. Zelda, a hand like a few of those games, yes. Bloodborne, yes. I can like guide people through these things and give them like step by step instructions. And like 
Twilight Princess is one of those for me that like I played it so much that I could probably play it with my eyes closed. It means that much to me, so yeah. Would it throw you off if they if you played the GameCube version since yes. they like flipped it? Yeah, so I played the Wii version was the one that I played the most. I do own it three mm. times. Um I I own it on the GameCube, <laughs> the Wii and the Wii U. Um Okay. And I recently, I actually recently streamed Twilight Princess. And I say recently, at some point in the last two and a half years, I streamed it. Um, (laughs) I don't remember if I played the HD version or the original version. I think I did the original Mm -hmm. because when I played the HD version on the Wii U, it's a remaster of the GameCube version. So I was like running into the wrong places and stuff (laughs) and like getting lost in dungeons and things. And it was, it was a mess. And I was like, I'm not embarrassing myself like that on stream. I'm just going to play the Wii version and just waggle my little arms playing with the, with the wiggle controls. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cause since Link is left-handed and a majority of like players are right-handed, they Mm -hmm. essentially like just flipped the entire screen so that like people could use motion controls correctly which i mean it wouldn't have been like super hard to just switch the wiimote to your left hand but you know no, but it's like it feels really counterintuitive when like because i did try it once i did try it on the mm. left-handed mode and i was like oh this is this is really strange um but like it's only twilight princess and skyward sword that have his sword in the right hand because they're the ones that are like the uh the motion controlled ones and like even i think skyward sword is more of an issue because it's got more intuitive motion controls um Mm -hmm. where you actually have to like put the sword in a direction uh but yeah it's um it's the aiming that i found to be the weirdest in the left hand so Mm -hmm. yeah for like your hook shot and stuff yeah yeah okay yeah that definitely makes sense (laughs) Do you know, like, a bunch of, like, the history of Zelda, like, as a series? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I am less uh, brushed up on actual real-life history of Zelda now, Uh, but as a teenager, I have the... So I went through a phase of collecting the books. So I have the Hyrule Historia, I have the Encyclopedia, I have the Art and Artifacts book... And then in the UK, I actually need to retrieve them. I have all of the, you know, there was the set of six leather-bound, gold-leaf, like, embossed uh, strategy guides that they did no. in, like, the late 2000s. Um, so I have, like, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, uh, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time, um, Link Between Worlds. I have, like, the full set. And they are beautiful. And I've read them all cover to cover multiple times. That's what I'm sure they're, like, super pretty. They are stunning. Um, and I managed to find the Wind Waker one is chunky as fuck. It's like huge. <laughs> but I managed to find it secondhand for like 15 pounds or something. And I was like, this okay. is a bargain. Um, so yeah, I I'm one of those people that when you're like, when somebody brings up the Zelda timeline, I'm like, actually <laughs> just hold my drink a second. And like uh-huh. I'll like fully launch into like a lecture about it. So yeah, you could say I'm I'm familiar. <laughs> okay, okay. Have you seen the the That's Brian amazing. David Gilbert like timeline video? I have not. I actually um It's so good. <laughs> so back when I got into Zelda, I this is gonna sound really weird. I didn't have access to the internet. Um 
I grew up in like a tiny ass village in the back end of nowhere. And my parents were the kind of people that like, we did not have broadband. We didn't have internet particularly. We had dial up connection until I was like 14. Um, And then I started needing to use the internet for school and we had to get like better internet, but I wasn't allowed to use it for like anything but school stuff. So Mm -hmm. I missed a lot of the, the early YouTube things. And like, I didn't, I've never really been the kind of fan to sit and watch YouTube videos about a franchise or something. Um, even like now I'm into the FromSoft games and things like I'm, I don't, I just don't do it. I read all the lore in the game and I will like read the wikis and things like that, but I won't really do like videos or podcasts. Um, Mm -hmm. so everything that I know about the timeline and the theories and stuff are my own theories and reading the books because they were physical media that I had or like from magazines or whatever. Um, because yes, I was, I was a poor little sheltered country bumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's a, it's a newer video and he just like goes completely like off the rails, like trying to piece everything together. (laughs) It's, it's very fun. I guess like, how did you, cause even now, if I'm like, when I was playing Link's Awakening on my Switch, right? I essentially had, you know, a, like an IGN walkthrough pulled up on the side just in case I needed it. Cause I still like got lost. How mm-hmm. did you like navigate those more complicated puzzles? I solved them with banging my head against things. <laughs> the, the most notorious one that sticks in my mind is, um, so the water temple in Twilight Princess, everybody knows the water temples are a problem. Um, but there is one specific bit where I literally just missed like a grapple point and I was stuck on it for like a good few hours. But I solved that within a day. There was one specific puzzle in Skyward Sword where you have to stand on a little platform and there's an eye like that will look at you and like it will close if you get your bow out. Like, you know, usually in Zelda games, you shoot the eye and it opens the door. It's like a switch. So I was like, okay, I know what these are. And I like got my bow out and the eye shut. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like trying for literal days. I was like, what do I do? Do I throw something at it? Do I use like like slingshot? Like, do I do I use the bow? Do I have to like ricochet it off something? Can I like jump and attack it? And this eye just kept shutting. And anyway, I missed a little note on the floor, like one of those little pedestal things. Oh my fucking god. It says <laughs> it says something about like how the eye will follow the the point or something. And you basically oh, yeah, have to yeah, hold yes. your sword okay. out in front of you and like do your sword in a circle to make the eye dizzy and then it falls off the wall. And I could have I could have punched my Wii. I could have punched straight through it. I was furious. <laughs> And like, I I didn't have the internet. I didn't have the ability right. to be like, hey Google, how do I do this thing? Yeah, <laughs> like, I just had to solve it. Or like, fucking ask Jeeves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I am I'm very much a brute force person, as reflected in my Outer Wilds playthrough, where I parkoured <laughs> through a section that you are not meant to parkour through and stuff. That's so fucking like, hilarious. Yeah, I respect it. I just keep trying until it works. Um, but it has meant that my, my visual puzzle, like logic brain, uh, is scary at times. Like, (laughs) well, even the, even the game you were playing like yesterday, that baking one, I I was watching you like flip all those tiles and I couldn't, my brain does not work in that, in that way at all. Like it is very 
linear it's a very process that's useless here. skill to have <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not even kidding playing through outer wilds i think i took one hint from my community on stream through the whole game mm. because i was like i i spent an hour trying to solve a puzzle and i was literally just doing it at slightly the wrong time um, so I'd solved it and my brain was like, why is this not working? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was literally just doing something. It was probably about two seconds out from the time when I should have been doing it. Um, and that was the entire game, full 20, oh 25 God. hours of gameplay, <laughs> all puzzles. And yeah, I feel both like a genius and also the silliest person ever when certain puzzles come across my path. So but Zelda has done that to me. Like, if you if you were watching yesterday, you'll have seen that that one level completely stumped me, and I could not wrap my head around it. And it's just something like that will just put a complete like it will just hit the brakes, and then I will be stuck on it for days. And that's that's just it. It gets you in like a chokehold. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I literally like smashed through. It was something like fifteen to twenty levels of this game in the space of like twenty minutes, and then this one level had me stuck for thirty minutes. And then the next 20 levels was another 25 minutes, you know, like, <laughs> oh my Zelda has God. done that to me. Mm. But it does, it does make for fun, like, puzzle solving. Breath of the Wild in particular had some really good, like, I'm not doing this the logical way, I'm doing it the way that I think it should be done. <laughs> That's, like, the, the freeing thing about Breath of the Wild is that because so much of it is physics-based, like, it truly just gives you, like, free reign to do literally whatever to solve puzzles. Yeah. And it is just... You can you can bash your head against the wall until it crumbles, and that's a valid method. Yeah, you can do it like the way the developers intended, or you can like clip through the wall. I don't know, like that maybe might like might be the the extent of it, but it's just so cool. It's fun watching people like try to figure out stuff in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I love watching this one specific shrine where you have to like use the little electric cubes to like mm -hmm. like turn switches on. And I love watching people like stringing together like metal weapons and it's like that is so smart I would not have thought of that I would just literally would have banged my head against it for like so long <laughs> but, yeah. just emptying your inventory and hoping you have enough weapons and shields yeah. that'll conduct electricity yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely how I did that one. And there's somewhere it's like, oh, there's fire in the way. I can't get, I can't work out how to get past this fire, so I'm just gonna run through it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is uh, Phantom Hourglass your favorite in the series, or is it hard to pick? It's really hard for me, honestly. Like I said, I, I love them all for different reasons. Like my top few are Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, Breath of the Wild, and Phantom Hourglass. I think. Phantom Hourglass is super special to me because it introduced me to the franchise, you know. Uh, right. I fell in love with the characters and the world in both Wind Waker and Twilight Princess for very different reasons. And then Breath of the Wild is just... I know a lot of people are mad about it. I know a lot of people are like, this isn't Zelda. And I think it's exactly what the franchise needed. I think it's the the perfect first step into a new format in the same way that Ocarina mm. of Time was. It's not going to be the best game ever for forever, you know, but it's it's right. an incredible first iteration of a new formula, you know, and I'm so excited for the sequel because I think they're going to bring dungeons back into it and that would be, like, perfect for me. So... <laughs> 
that's what I think like when it comes to the Zelda franchise, they pretty much just do whatever they want as long as it means good gameplay. I think mm-hmm. the only time that they legitimately took like you know, fans not super feeling the game or the genre was the like was the transition from uh Link's Adventure, so the second game, to Link to the Past. because uh, the second one was like that weird side scrolling one where you were like going to towns and stuff and you were solving puzzles that way. Um, but like gameplay wise, it wasn't as much about like ex- exploration and that sort of thing. And so like they took that time between entries and like really honed in on what made the first game special and then with each you know edition afterwards they just kind of picked a mechanic or picked an idea and just like revolved the entire structure around that and i think it's like led to some really unique experiences that a lot of people just try to emulate to various levels of success yeah i mean i don't know about you two but like i one of my favorite things about zelda is the fact that every game is different every game has its own gimmick and its own not necessarily its own story, but its own like driving force. You know, there is always something new about them. And I tend to get more kind of um, not disappointed necessarily, but I, I like the fact that I can pick up Wind Waker and have this cutesy little adventure that's got some real heart and emotion to it, uh, but has mm. this incredible exploration, like these incredible exploration mechanics. Um, but then I could go to Twilight Princess and have this really gritty dungeon focused uh like darker story um Mm -hmm. with incredible puzzles um or you could pick up like link between worlds and it's a very like whimsical adventure that has an incredibly unique mechanic in both the the flattening yourself to the wall and the rental stuff like they always try new things with the different games and that's what i love about it Mm -hmm. nirene from like a like kind of a new person's perspective into the series. Is there a game like in it that you were particularly excited about playing or like super interested in? Definitely Twilight Princess because uh, I I like the aesthetic of it too. Like I've seen gifs from it or clips or edits or whatever. Mm. And also the trailer and like bits and pieces here and there over the years. And I just like really like the aesthetic of it. That's like literally the only reason why I'm drawn to it. Also... (laughs) What what is her name? The the short sassy one that then Midna. turns into a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. Midna. Yeah. I I wanna play it because uh of her too. <laughs> Honestly, if if they bring back the Twilight and the the Breath of the Wild sequel, I will physically just expire on the spot. <laughs> so I've seen a lot of people think that it's like a soft sequel to uh Skyward Sword, uh, because so much of it takes place in the sky. I have several theories. <laughs> <laughs> For as much hate as as Skyward Sword gets, like I think it is probably up until Breath of the Wild, like my favorite interpretation of the characters themselves. Yes, and especially like the relationship between Link and Zelda. Like it is just so beautifully done and so genuine that it just. I think it blows away any, any cons- like inconsistencies when it comes to motion controls for the yeah. most part. Yeah, it's it's the most uh, the most genuine human Link and Zelda you'll see, and I adore it for that. It's also the first one that had an orchestral like a fully orchestral soundtrack, and my god, you can really tell. 
Like, oh, that's I, cool. Yeah, I, I played the remastered version on Switch um, when it came out, and like, it still to this day makes me so emotional playing it because the soundtrack is just utterly incredible. I, I really want to see, like, because they did like a touring production for the 25th anniversary. I've seen right? it three times. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I, I saw the 25th anniversary one, and then I've been to the... They did a Master Quest one, and then they did one after Breath of the Wild came out. Um, and I've seen I've seen all three, because I am a massive nerd and I can't contain myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's honestly one of the most profoundly emotional experiences I've ever had. Like, just pure joy... Like, I cried almost entirely through the first time I saw it. Um, mm -hmm. Because, like, so many of the soundtracks are not orchestral, and just hearing it in that way and having, like, the live music, like, I'm not normally moved by music. <laughs> um, but... It, it means a lot to you, too, the series, right? Yeah, so. exactly. It's just... Nothing will compare. If you ever get to... Not, not even just Zelda. If you ever get to go and see a symphony of your favorite game or game franchises soundtrack do it because like just the energy in the room is mm -hmm. phenomenal and uh yeah like like i cried at the gerudo valley like segment <laughs> <laughs> and like they is such an amazing show and like when they do the wind waker part the conductor like brings out the wind waker and conducts with the wind waker and stuff and like oh, i just i'm cool. gonna like cry talking about it like it's so good <laughs> <laughs> it's so good i i'm sure it's like super incredible because i mean even from like <laughs> i cried listening to the orchestral version of like the the Sora reveal in Smash like <laughs> the, it made me so emotional like I can't imagine seeing like a Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy mm -hmm. show um, I know they've had a couple of tours of that and like Pokemon and it's just it would be so cool yeah I I I saw I saw one and it was for uh, Star Wars it was for the new trilogy well the most recent trilogy that came out like Force Awakens and that mm -hmm. and that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> is john williams like in his 90s now yeah he's retiring now the last like piece of scored music that he did was for the obi-wan show it's like the last thing oh my god done. yeah yeah he was at the star wars celebration a couple of weeks ago and was like hey so uh i'm gonna do this and then i'm gonna play indiana jones and harrison ford's gonna come out on stage because we're doing another movie so it was like a really <laughs> weird like segue but yeah he's retired now like wow. as of two weeks ago <laughs> he has worked on oh my god jurassic park <laughs> jurassic park music is so iconic and it's it's such like a a big part of my childhood so that's like the first thing i think of when i think of john williams and then star wars have you heard of the game that you can play where you have somebody <laughs> I don't know if you uh -huh. know what I'm gonna say. <laughs> you have to, you have to say like the different the different names of the different soundtracks like to someone, and they have to like hum them or like sing them or whatever. And you can like switch on the fly, and they have to switch to no, that soundtrack. I, it's I like, thought I thought you were gonna tell me about the zoo game where you could have dinosaurs because I've seen you <laughs> playing that a lot, the Jurassic Park one. I'm actually gonna play that tomorrow on stream. <laughs> <laughs> 
But um, yeah, it's like a it's like a John Williams game where you like because all of his soundtracks, when you get down to the bottom of it, they all sound the same. So like right. you can get completely. You oh can yeah, like you, you know in. when it's John Williams. Yeah, you get two right. or three soundtracks in, and then somebody will give you another one. You're like, I don't know anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> my poor little brain is so confused. Nirene, you sent me an article today about like links androgyny. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I I, rem- I remembered like hearing about it that like Link was intended to be like androgynous. They wanted like people to see Link as either like a boy or a girl, so that anybody who was playing the game could see themselves in him. And if they saw him as a boy, it would be like a boy with a feminine touch, or if they saw him as a girl, it would be a girl with like a masculine touch. Which I think is really cool. And I really like that Link's always been pretty androgynous. <laughs> Anytime I see a cosplay from Legend of Zelda, it's incredible anyways. But it brings me like a very specific kind of joy to see like trans mask dudes uh, dressed up as Link and like doing art with like Link having uh, top surgery scars and stuff. It just, I don't know, that makes me very, it makes my heart happy. Yeah, it was one of the things that I was like pleasantly surprised about in Breath of the Wild is like the, in some cases, like genderless aspects of some of the races and things and um, the exploration of the Gerudo in the desert and how like Link has to dress differently to get into the city and stuff. And then like some of the people in the city are like, hey, look. I know that you've like dressed differently, but look, it suits you kind of thing. And like, it's, it was really mm. nice to see it kind of portrayed in a positive, normal light that wasn't like a really underhand kind of like, oh, he's sneaking in kind of thing. And like, right. people were complimenting him mm. and stuff. And like, that genuinely made me really happy. And I know a lot of people have spoken about the representation from the aspect of the Gerudo and like, if you're not familiar, basically Link has to dress up as a woman or in feminine, more feminine clothing to be able to get into the city to uh, to pass as a woman. Um, and I know people that play the whole game dressed in more feminine clothing because they've they can see themselves represented in Link in that way. And I love that they added that. And I love that it was not something that was... Like I say, something that was like a a secretive thing or like a bad thing. Mm. It was just something that even though people mm-hmm. even though people saw it and realized they still complimented him and it was positive and it was really, really nice, honestly. That's so nice. Yeah. I, I that makes me really happy. I remember seeing bits and pieces and like also <laughs> artwork of Link wearing like the the like really pretty blue outfit and mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that makes me really happy. I can't wait to get to that part in the game. Oh yeah, there's like all sorts of, um, also in like the Gerudo area, you can get like different jewelry. So like Link has always worn earrings, which I really love as Mm. well. He's always had earrings. He's always had like a longer tunic skirt type thing going on. Um, And like you say, he could like be presenting more feminine in that kind of like regard. And he's had like slightly longer hair for most of the games and things. But like in the Gerudo area, you can make your own jewelry, which I know <laughs> I don't want to sound really silly, but it gives you like all sorts of different defenses and things, and you can make like a little tiara for him and things, and you can make oh my god and like That's amazing. amulets and stuff, and like it's so good. Can I spoil one of the side quests, Nyrene? Because it's it's very yeah, funny. go for it. I'm probably gonna forget about <laughs> it. So there's 
there's a dude who oh like God. works outside of the Gerudo village and he has these uh sand seals that you can like ride around and he has one that's like very fast or whatever and if you approach him in like your regular costume he's like hey fuck off dude like i don't want to like no it's the see shoes he here? has shoes to like run across oh, yeah, the sand yeah. Because, like, you yeah. run slowly in the sand, and he's like, I've got boots so I can run fast. And you're like, I That's want his right. boots. <laughs> and so if you if you approach him, like, with the Gerudo outfit on, he's like, oh, my gosh, you're so beautiful, fair maiden. What can I do for you? And, it, like, the, the text choices are like, um, boots, please. And it's just, like, it's so funny. Yeah, it's he's so like, funny. anything for you. Amazing. You're so incredible. Your beauty is incomparable <laughs> and stuff. And this is like Link with like a full face covering on and everything as mm-hmm. well. And like his like androgynous, like boyish frame, because he's not got like a like a manly, muscular sort of like right. body, has he? He's very like straight up, straight down, you know. Mm-hmm. He is he is quite androgynous in that aspect. And yeah, this man like is going hard. And then like you go through this <laughs> whole quest line with him. And he's like, if you could maybe like get these things for me, then I will do anything for you, my sweet love, and stuff. And it's like it's great. <laughs> like I think you have the option to trade him like the heavy snow boots or whatever for mm-hmm. the sand, because it's like a similar it just makes you move faster across that certain terrain. I think you can just like outright take both from him and he's just like oh okay yeah i guess that's fine like we're still on for that date right or whatever it's just like yeah and link's just like skipping away into the sunset (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm pretty sure there's an option at some point to tell him like as well that you're the same you're the same person that comes back like dressed in like your your tunic and your boots and whatever Mm -hmm. and like your little hat or whatever you want to have on you know um and he's like no no you're not <laughs> like it's fantastic so good and those those construction guys are definitely definitely queer coded oh yeah like, for sure there's um oh my god what are they called fabian fire and twilight princess as well very queer coded and you've got like tingle and like tingle's brothers and people and then there's like people in the town in wind waker and things like there is so many queer coded characters in zelda and i adore it all I thought of when you said Tingle was your Tingle <laughs> cosplay. Look, Tingle. Have you seen it, Justin? Tingle is an no, icon. what? <laughs> oh my god, it's so, so fucking good. Have you played Tingle's uh, Rupee? I have it? not, because I, it's on PC, right? Is it on like a weird platform? I'm just finding you a like picture a of a Tingle game. costume. <laughs> I have I have an emote in my channel of me dressed as Tingle. Like the the Tingle face is me. Like <laughs> it's beautiful. Um but I originally did it for charity as a joke and then it became so popular right. that now we have the emote. So um everybody loves a bit of Ellie Joy Tingle, so <laughs> The Tingle's freshly picked rosy rupee land. That's yes. What what is it about? Have you played it? It's like a match three game like Bejeweled, right? think so it's just about tingle trying to get rich uh, <laughs> oh my god an icon i've never done it with like the makeup and everything or like a tingle pose and i probably should at some point but like it's too warm right now 
those shorts as well are like the most constricting things I own. Oh, and I do like I do like aerial fitness, so I have some tiny pieces of clothing, and like those shorts are by far the worst of all of them. Oh no, that's so funny. I wonder if you could like find someone that does like boudoir like photos. <laughs> 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 Yes. Get the community the fun. That is an incredible <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Nirene also wanted to talk about how hot the shark man is. Oh my god. <laughs> I haven't even met him yet. I haven't even met him yet. I just remember seeing pictures of Shark Man and going, Shark Man's hot. That's it. I'm a monster fucker. What do you want from me? Every time he shows up. When I'm streaming Breath of the Wild, I like mimic his little like like fist pump that he does, and like he's just so perfect and sweet and pure, and I love him. He's so good. Yeah, isn't he like a himbo yes. shark? He's a For buff sure. fish he's man. A, perfect. <laughs> he's a himbo. He loves his sister mm-hmm. and Link's his best friend. Oh yeah, he meets Link and oh he's like, God. "You like a hero," and then just <laughs> just does everything for you. He's like, he's amazing. <laughs> Yeah, he's so good. Aww. Everyone in in, in Breath of the Wild is either cute or hot. Like, <laughs> Urbosa could crush me and, like, I'd say thank you. The fairy redesign in Breath of the Wild is one of the best things that the franchise has done with them. characters. Like, so, Nyrene, you might not be aware of this, but the fairies in previous Zelda games were, like, these... The only way to describe them is as titty fairies. Like they are, they were they're wearing no clothing, and their hair like floats, and they'll like lean forwards and like do the whole like sweetheart like resting their their chin on their hands, but in the air like you know, and they just have like ivy leaves covering to like preserve they're modesty. Like, they're like pointy oh poison God. ivy, yeah. And then in Wind Waker, they were like, hey, what if we made them children? <laughs> and oh. everyone went, ah! And then in Breath <laughs> of the Wild, they are these, like, beautiful, bedazzled, curvy women with, like, these extravagant hairstyles. Like, you can see the drag influence in them. I was gonna say, and, like, I, w- I wonder if that oh, was. That's amazing. Oh, it's incredible. Like, I don't know what what possessed them to go that way, but I am here for it. And like playing through the um have you played Hyrule Warriors, the new one? Not the newest no. one, no. So I, I have it, but minor spoilers for that. Uh you can play as the fairies. And <laughs> cool. they come out in their like bulbs and you like uh-huh. run around the world in the bulbs basically, and then they will smooch attack people. <laughs> so you will like blow kisses and like hug people and that's how you do damage to them. And it is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Zelda's super cute in the in Breath of the Wild too. Like yes. she got her little her little braids in and stuff. I'm looking at the fairies from Breath of the Wild right now, and they are fantastic. Yes. Oh my god. I, I 100% see the dragon influence mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's incredible. <laughs> they look great. Phenomenal character design there. Because they took something that was so, so like heavily sexualized in previous games and made them like own it in a way. It's not like like the ideal... 
you know, the 90s Tomb Raider-esque, like, they've got to have tits and an ass and tiny waist and that's your female character kind of thing. Like, they they have yeah. made it this this incredible, empowering, beautiful thing. And I love that. They're beautiful. And people were really mad about it. Like, really bad. Oh my god, <laughs> whatever. Why? Because they're not skinny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People are so fucking And they annoying. were, like, too in your face and extravagant and, like bejeweled and you know so they want them to be like meek and yeah. shy and playful and like <laughs> yeah the 90s women <laughs> character design you know yeah so yeah like, i don't exist without the main character because i can't have a personality <laughs> like i don't fucking like whatever typical shit oh my god across people got mad over that mm-hmm. <laughs> i think they look amazing they do they really really do I'm obsessed. <laughs> Do you have a favorite character, Ellie? Oh, I don't know. That's a really hard question. <laughs> Top five. Oh God, I love Makar. Makar and Wind Waker because he like does a little jingle when he runs. He's like one of the Koroks. <laughs> <laughs> so there is, there is like in Wind Waker, there is a specific Korok that is a named character and he goes on the adventure with you for part of it and stuff. And he is what? the most beautiful little, ah, uh, I would die for him. Um, <laughs> I have a plush of him and he's the squishiest thing. I feel like I love Link, but I feel like that's kind of like a guaranteed thing. Um, right. Oh my God. Girahim is the villain in Skyward Sword and he is the most fabulous, again, really heavily queer coded, like, he licks Link sure. at one point and like <laughs> he's like in these leotards and he's all like like throwing uh, I don't even know he's he's perfect he is such a good villain because he's so dramatic and he'll like like fake swoon over things because he's like oh no you've thwarted me again kind of thing he's like a pantomime villain he's perfect it's like if you took David Bowie from the labyrinth and mashed him together with like James from Pokemon yes yes exactly (laughs) oh my god he's incredible i remember the first time i came across him in the game and i was like what is this i want more of it i want all of it i love linebeck as well from phantom hourglass because oh my god okay that is a gay yeah that is absolutely a gay character there's no way (laughs) (laughs) he's got howl Howl moving castle earrings he's like like... evil howl basically if you could imagine howl but a bad guy that is that is Girahim. Yeah. Um there's like there's like that whole there's a whole cutscene where he's like, look at this, the body, the looks, and he's like it like flashes between all these different body parts and stuff, and he's literally just showing off and being like, How can you beat me? Look at me. Like <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Perfect. Um Yeah, I love Linebeck from Phantom Hourglass because he's like so flawed and I love the character development throughout that game. Um, he's like mm. a treasure hunter that cares about no one but himself, and he goes on a journey with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Midna will always have my heart in Twilight Princess. Mm. She is, I think, she was like a queer awakening for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh yeah. shit, this woman's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of people have said the same thing about the chic Zelda reveal, mm-hmm. like from Ocarina. Like that having a huge role in their sexual awakening. Yeah. Yeah, because Sheik is like really I use this in in the literal term, very ambiguous, because the whole point is you're not meant to know it's Zelda, right? 
but mm. they're so mysterious and so like they they don't give you anything and then when it's revealed that it is zelda it's like oh holy shit that was a girl the whole time kind of thing and it mm. yeah it was a huge deal for a lot of people to see that kind of representation again in a way where it's not a necessarily a defining huge deal about the character in the story it's just like a part of what's going on in the game without it being like a, a specifically bad thing did you know about that twist like prior to going into that game or yes yeah okay okay i feel like it, it it'd be hard to go into it without like that sort of cultural osmosis at this point but... yeah i played uh ocarina of time it was like the last 3d one that i played before Skyward Sword came out. So before that, mm. I'd done Phantom Hourglass, Spirit Tracks, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, uh, and Majora's Mask. And then I played Ocarina of Time. So I came into mm. Ocarina of Time with a, probably the worst angle, basically. <laughs> Having played all the all the games that came after it that were better iterations of it. Right. Um, so yeah. It was it was difficult to not know the story already, especially because it's literally laid out for you at the start of uh, at the start of Wind Waker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like one of the little pirates tells you a story about how like the princess was like kidnapped and Ganon was the evil and he came in and took her and then she like pretended to be someone else and evil like went over the land and everything and he, like it literally lays out the whole thing. So it's like okay, right? Which that twist in, in Wind Waker isn't isn't played to as great an effect i think it's just it's just weird because she loses her tan that part's yes. weird yes but that is strange i would be very excited to get into like more of the series because from what i have played like mostly the the handheld like portable stuff i've very much enjoyed it um, yeah i definitely want to <laughs> I definitely want to play Twilight Princess. I am going to be on the hunt for a Wii. If you can get a Wii U as well, you can play it on the Wii U. You just need a Wii remote and a nunchuck. Mm. They are generally easier to get than Wiis, I find. Because nobody wants Wii U's at all. And you can still buy them brand new. Like, it's weird. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can still get them like on Amazon brand new. Probably. Um, Yeah, because Nintendo has been kind of iffy on whether or not they would do another port of that one since it was in the last generation they justified skyward sword because it was like technically two generations ago or whatever Mm -hmm. it's also very heavily gonna play into this new game isn't it let's be real yeah yeah (laughs) let's be real here probably yeah i would i'd be suspicious of that too like why would you re-release that and then you announce the right yeah and then you know but like it's it's weird because they did like the whole 3D Mario collection, like the Superstar collection. So you would think they could do the same thing for Zelda, but so my sort of like insight and using industry insider knowledge on this of like game dev and stuff is that I think there's only one team that works on Zelda. Please, please people correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure there's only one team that works on Zelda. Um and they get support from Monolith Soft, who are doing the Xenoblade games. Um, mm-hmm. And they've been supporting on Breath of the Wild's sequel. Um, and the folks that work on the remasters are not the main Zelda team, from what I can tell. Uh, that would make sense. But Aonuma still has like a lot of input on them to make sure that they are what they are, you know? Mm-hmm. And 
I'm one of the kind of people that I'm very like, would you rather have a remaster of a seven-year-old game or whatever, or would you rather have a brand new game? Like, right. they can take three years out of the, develop- the development of a brand new game to do a full remake of one of the older ones if you want. Or mm. we can just get a new game, you know? Um, yeah, because I think... I mean, they've Zelda has, like, had a number of spin-off games. So the Game Boy Advance games, so, you know, Four Swords, Minish Cap, uh, I think there was maybe one other. They were made by Flagship Games, which is funded by Capcom and is, like, su- was supported by Nintendo. So Minish Cap was, like, the last game they put together, but, like, all of those were done by a third party, essentially. Um, and they don't use that tactic, like, very much at all now. And if they can keep, especially with the subscription model that they have for, like, N64 and stuff, there's not a ton of incentive to, like, pull those games, at least. Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that say, like, oh, well, there's all these generations, like, of people that haven't had access to these games and things, and it's, like, Yes, mm. it is expensive to buy into them, for sure. It really is. But Nintendo are very good at keeping their magic across franchises. Like, that that kind of, that to go back to the iteration thing, they will try something new to keep it feeling fresh. And I would very much rather have a new game than uh, gain access to the older ones, because I know that I... I fully accept that I'm in a very privileged position for this, but like I would rather invest in the older things for a franchise that I know I adore than get it again on every single platform. Like we already had a Wind Waker remastered. We already had a Twilight Princess remastered. We already had Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask remastered. And a lot of people don't realize that remastering and remaking games is not easy and porting games across hardware, especially when Nintendo are concerned, is really fucking difficult. Because mm. the reason why the Wii U, one of the reasons why the Wii U didn't do so well was because it didn't have many third-party games on it. And it's because the hardware was so different to anything that Nintendo had used before and like the framework and everything was so different that no one had the time and the budget to make games for it because they couldn't mm-hmm. just port it like from PS3 to, to Wii U. You know, You couldn't do that. You had to make the game from scratch for that console so any games that came out on the wii u are so different and on the wii they're so different to the the structure the infrastructure within like the switch because the switch is all nvidia stuff isn't it? it's nvidia hardware um yeah like it's really difficult to port those games across and like i don't know how long they were working on the mario 3d collection (laughs) for like i have no idea and like the fact that we even got skyward sword is like honestly a miracle so that's why Mm. i'm like this has to tie into the story because they wouldn't have just remastered it willy-nilly you know (laughs) like yeah it's gotta be because that's the newest one and like twilight princess and wind waker hd had remasters like the year after skyward sword came Mm. out so like why would they choose that one over the others when both of those games were more popular than skyward sword so right like i don't know yeah yeah the wii u was a weird one so uh i know a bunch of people who like used to work on the lego games and stuff and Mm. there is a reason why a bunch of the lego games are not on the wii u and they have lego city undercover (laughs) because and that's why (laughs) lego city undercover is only on that console 
because mm. they just made a brand new game for that console and did not make it for other things and as a consequence did not port the other games onto the Wii U because right. it was just so difficult to develop for alongside like in tandem with other platforms oh, whereas yeah. now it's a lot easier for people because it's modern hardware <laughs> so yeah yeah we're starting to see like a convergence of of manufacturing like between consoles and pc and all that good stuff so that's nice mm-hmm. i thought it was interesting because we talked about link being androgynous mm-hmm. and folks being able to see themselves in link uh and there was actually a magazine that commissioned an artist to draw artwork of link when the game was first like shown based off of the pixely link like the game boy one i think it was and they thought link was a girl so they got the artist to draw a girl with red hair no way <laughs> yeah oh she's super cute i <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen that. Someone just recently uploaded like high quality uh, scans of it. Yeah, I kind of, I hadn't really sort of dwelled on how much queer stuff there is in Zelda in general um, until this conversation. But now I'm thinking about (laughs) it, like every game has a queer coded character or a character where it's like, yeah, they are definitely gay, you know? Uh And I think that's like... It shouldn't be, like, revolutionary, right? It should be normal. <laughs> but the fact that, like, mm-hmm. I've grown up with that just being a normal thing in games, I think that's amazing that that there are these franchises that are super popular and there are just queer characters and it just they're just there, you know? They're just hanging out. Yeah. Literally every <laughs> single game, I'm like... I'm like going through all the different games in my head and I'm like, oh yeah, there's this person. Oh, and that, and that person there. <laughs> and like, it's it's amazing. And apparently uh, the the only one, I guess Tingle is canonically straight because I forget who got asked that question, but they were like, no, he's just a weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. There is Linkle, isn't there? Who is a brand new character for the original Hyrule Warriors game on Wii U. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes. And she was a whole thing in, in herself. Like she was a... She caused a an uproar. Um, I just think she's cute. I think she's very sweet. But I'm, I'm like ninety percent convinced that the new the new Zelda game is going to be Link gets corrupted and then you play as Zelda to try to rescue him. Whether it's going to be like a first act is Link, the rest is Zelda, or whether it's half and half, or you go like between the two storylines and like Zelda's underground and Link's in the sky or something like. I'm convinced that that's where it's going because they've very deliberately shown Link from the back most of the time in the trailers and stuff. And they've not really mm-hmm. shown his face much outside of the, the original cinematic trailer. And I would, I would die if we could play as Zelda. Cause like, it wouldn't be the first time, like you've been able to play as Zelda in, uh, in spirit tracks. So you can play as her for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, Yeah. It would be it would be awesome because I think she's such a, a cool character and she's so fleshed out. In particular, in Hyrule Warriors, you see a lot of uh, the the Age of Calamity one. You see a lot of her like in a struggle mm. in a very different way to how it's depicted in Breath of the Wild because it's all done in like cutscenes and flashbacks, isn't it? In Breath of the Wild, but um, yeah, yeah, like 
I think she's she's got a lot of potential and I would love to play as her. Yeah, she's so cool. Like she has so much agency in Breath of the Wild and from Hyrule Warriors from what I've seen. And it's like a different approach because I mean, she says she's not good at magic. So it's like kind of sciencey. It's like a little princess bubblegum e, but not as like evil, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for Nyreen, but there is a specific <laughs> cutscene that you can unlock in Breath of the Wild that's like a secret extra bit. Um hmm. and it is possibly the most emotional I have ever got in a Zelda game was that cutscene mm-hmm. because it's her coming into her own. Um mm. And in, in Age of Calamity, she has a similar moment where she's like, it's a different it's a different story in, in Age of Calamity because it's essentially that the Calamity is upon them now. You don't have to right. do the whole like, oh, Zelda was in the castle holding Ganon for a hundred years or whatever. Like it's happening now and they have to try and stop him now kind of thing. Um, and you use the Divine Beasts like to take down like Ganon's forces and whatever. It's super, super cool. But anyway, she she doesn't have her powers at the start of the game, like in, in the cutscenes in Breath of the Wild. And you play as her with her little Sheikah slate, and then she unlocks her power. And there is this just mind-blowing cinematic where she suddenly finds a way. It's different to the way that she does in Breath of the Wild. Like, it's a different way that she unlocks it. And it's full, like, independent woman like coming of age like growing into herself and finally having the confidence to just absolutely go off and destroy people and it's incredible (laughs) (laughs) that's cool i can't wait to get to that part that sounds rad honestly yeah there was definitely a lot of it that i didn't like because i really loved the first hyrule warriors just for how silly it was um Mm. Like, it was a proper arcade like, you could play as every Zelda character. <laughs> like, it was it was great. Uh, and this one, I felt like it tried to be a bit too serious, but there was exactly two moments where I, like, yelled at it, and that was one of them. <laughs> so, yeah. Does, does anybody have any closing thoughts about The Legend of Zelda? I just love it. I just love Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited to get uh, more into it and explore it more. Well, we'll do a follow-up once you're, like, all caught up. And oh, then... my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be really, yeah. <laughs> I want to hear every little detail about your, like, Zelda journey because it was an absolute joy watching you play through Link's Awakening for the first time as your first I Zelda game. I really liked that game. That game <laughs> made me, like... I've, I just felt really good playing that game. Like, <laughs> just wait until you're like really fun. six or seven games deep and you'll be like, oh my God, this was like, that was that little <laughs> tiny bit of music twiddly thing from that dungeon in that game. And it all like links together and it's like, oh, <laughs> it's so good. And then we'll find you a, a, a Philips CDI and we'll go from there. A what? <laughs> <laughs> so there was a there was like a a cdi zelda game that is like terrible it's like people only speak of it as a joke oh no Uh, yeah i've never played it i don't want to play it like no no, thank you i feel like i feel like that could be a fundraising goal for you (laughs) it would be very hard to to find yeah cdi was essentially like a like a super expensive like projector like oh wait what 
That's so fucking random. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like you had these like CDs that essentially essentially function like DVDs, and you would use like a like a clicker to move Link or Zelda across the screen. Oh my god, yeah, they're awful! It's, um, wow. Yep. Okay. It's a big no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I think I feel like I would run out of patience. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I feel like within the first five minutes you would be yeah. so angry. Sounds like a good party game, though. <laughs> oh, no. Just no. It's like no. It's painful. It is a painful game. It hurts everyone who looks at it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to plug anything before we? Oh yes, please. <laughs> um. Yeah. So if you want to follow me anywhere no obligation to of course but i'm ellie joy panic everywhere instagram twitter uh twitch i stream regularly and uh just bring my specific brand of chaos to streams um and i play what i like to call hard and soft games i'm currently doing things like elden ring and the witcher and some like indies and stuff um and i also charity fundraise alongside my beautiful stream team cosmic hearts so please also check them out too they are a the most phenomenal group of humans and i'm genuinely inspired by them and in awe of them every single day so if you like even if you don't check me out check them out please because they're beautiful and handsome and talented and incredible so yes so we are doing a sims tour on sunday the 26th um so the team has been putting together sims lots very very queer sims lots um to put into a neighborhood that we're going to be touring on the cosmic hearts channel on sunday uh i'm so excited i cannot wait the amount of cursed nonsense in some of those builds is just oh my god i am so excited to see everything (laughs) (laughs) and it's gonna be really wholesome i think as well and it'll be like the first uh the first team event that we've run on the team's twitch so it's a pretty big deal and i'm gonna be producing it on the back end so yes it's exciting (laughs) (laughs) happy pride yeah yeah happy pride uh Thank you so much for chatting with us, Ellie. It's been a ton of fun. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Thank you for letting me ramble on about my love for a video <laughs> game <laughs> for like an hour. <laughs> it's all good. I think last time we tried recording something with like the four of us, we probably chatted for like three and a half hours. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. It's like so. a lot of screaming and laughing too. It's like we're all, we're all, we're all little shit posters, you know? <laughs> all you gotta do is say fire emblem in cody's presence and she'll oh, be off yeah, like yeah she's like foaming at the a mouth. 40 minute detour you know like <laughs> so we usually end the episodes of a catchphrase so hit us with a catchphrase ellie oh my god um can it be uh can it be tingle tingle kulu limpa <laughs> yeah. it can be whatever you want it to be <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Bye. 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 Hey, cuties. Thanks for listening to our podcast. If you like this episode of Arcade Cuties, be sure to let us know by leaving a review on iTunes, sharing the show with a friend, and leaving a suggestion for future episodes. Make sure to follow us on our social media to stay up to date with our content. We appreciate all of the love and support. Until next time. Bye, cuties. Bye.